Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. We're back again with our morning agenda show. You're probably wondering where TC is, where Bailey is. TC is doing the night shift today, ahead of the Orlando City versus Arsenal game. And Bailey, yeah, Bailey's just on holidays. He's loving life. But um, I'm, I'm joined by two fantastic guests today. First of all, Chris, how you doing, mate? Yeah, morning, Umar, Alfie. Hope you're both well. Um, I'm good, thank you. Glad it's cooled down a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, I hope, of course, everyone else is keeping well. And uh, yeah, looking forward to delving into some topics this morning. Also joined by Alfie. How are you doing today, mate? Yeah, morning, guys. Doing well. Hope you're both well as well. Um, yeah, looking forward to getting into it. And again, looking forward to seeing the Arsenal back in action tonight, tomorrow morning. Um, so yeah, looking forward to getting into it. Facts, facts. I know I can't wait, but I'll probably be asleep by the time the match comes comes on, what with the late kickoffs. But first things first, I think the best way to start this show is the first name on everyone's lips, I think, at the moment, Alexander Zinchenko. He's set to become an Arsenal player. We're just awaiting an official announcement by the club. Uh, he's jetted off to Orlando. He's departing Manchester City's training camp in America. Um, Chris... What a signing, I think. Obviously, when the links came about to fruition, obviously there was talks at first with Lissandro Martinez. But do you think Arsenal had this contingency plan in place always? Yeah, quite potentially. I mean, I think it was a, maybe a couple of months back that Arsenal were initially linked with him. Um, at the time, you know, it, it made a lot of sense still because he was a player that, Obviously, Arteta knows very well from his time at Manchester City. We know we're in need of extra depth and, and support uh, at left-back due to Kieran Tierney's injury troubles and the, the struggles of, of Nuno Tavares' first season, you know, and that, you know, that, that sort of lack of consistency in his game. Um, and obviously, there's, there's loan, talk of him going out on loan as well. So, you know, there was always yeah, probably not a priority for the club initially, but um, as the windows dragged on, obviously you mentioned that initial pursuit of, of Lissandro Martinez um, and, and the subsequent failure to get that deal done. Although saying that, it's not really a failure, is it, in the end? Because we just decided to, to, to opt out of it due to the, the demands that Ajax were setting. Um, and yeah, now, you know, it looks as if we've, we've swiftly turned our attention back to, to Sinchenko. And um, we've, we've wrapped up a deal fairly swiftly. It's good to see because... You know, as you as you all know, the, the window can be unpredictable. Um, sometimes you, you you turn your attention to one player, it doesn't work out, um, and you need contingency plans. You need backups, and that that's what we've we've done really well um, with, with the Sinchenko deal. We, we moved on quickly. We we were serious in negotiations. We put good offer on the table. Personal terms were, were not a problem, and everything just just clicked together. I mean, similarly to you know maybe the, the Fabio Vieira deal earlier on in the summer that that happened ever so quickly um, because negotiations went smoothly. And um, yeah, I, I'm really I'm really pleased with that. As I've been saying on on previous streams and in articles, you know, I'm I'm really happy to see. Alex come in, um, a very reliable for Manchester City, a great character on and off the pitch, a great person. And um, it, he'll bring a lot of much-needed experience, um, versatility, as I mentioned, and, and quality to the team. Um, so interesting, or interested, sorry, to, to see where he, he fits in most. 
We know he can play at left back, but we also know he can operate in central and attack in midfield. So um, it, it was going to be very difficult to find someone who who fitted the bill like Lissandro Martinez, for example, because, you know, he can play centre-back, centre left-back, even defensive midfield. Um, but, you know, you could argue that Arsenal, again, are much better, well, certainly in terms of the financial sense, a, a better deal. And... Um, maybe surrounding the player in terms of quality. Um, I certainly, obviously, added Premier League experience as a bonus. You, you could certainly ask, argue that Arsenal are getting the better deal and a better player. So, um, yeah, really pleased. And, um, yeah, just waiting for the official announcement now. It seems pretty imminent um, due to, the, you know, how swiftly things have moved. And, obviously, City are in the States as well. So, obviously, that's that's helped. And, yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully, even we'll we'll see him maybe in the in the Chelsea game coming up. That would be that would be quite nice. But um, if not, I'm sure we'll see him in the Emirates Cup. Definitely, definitely, Alfie. I'm gonna put you on the spot here. This morning, I've woken up. I've been on social media. I've been on Twitter, and a lot of Arsenal fans have been discussing KT Kirantini and what this deal will potentially mean for him and his first team place in this Arsenal setup. Obviously, injuries have hampered him, have hampered his progression in the past few um, seasons. But come the first game of the season, Crystal Palace away, do you think Alexander Zichenko will be in the team rather than KT? I think for the Palace game, uh, if, of course, Tierney is fit, then I think that, that Kieran Tierney will start at left-back. But that's not to mean that, you know, I, I don't think Zinchenko... Um, sorry, I think that Zinchenko could play that less sort of central midfield role. Um, I, I think sometimes uh, people forget the quality uh, that Kieran Tierney brings into the side. I think that he's a fantastic player when he's fit. And, you know, for me, up there with one of the best left-backs in the league. But, uh, you know, of course, we, we can't keep going on about his injury record because we know how poor it is. And sometimes with a player, I mean, we've seen him you know, throughout my lifetime at Arsenal, talented players that are just hampered by injuries. And sometimes, you know, no matter how talented a player is, it, it, it can sort of hinder you. And, you know, it, really important parts of last season when, you know, we had both fullbacks out and we had to deal with Tavares and Cedric. And, and it, when Tavares didn't work, we're having to shift over. I mean, I've, we've seen Xhaka at left-back. We saw Cedric playing, you know, on, on a less favoured left-back role. Um then I think then that sort of, you can see why we're doing these sort of deals. And so I think for the Palace game, I'm, I'm, I'll stick with with what I originally said. I think that Tierney will start if he's fit. Um, but then I, I think that Zinchenko, if, you know, Tierney's injury records continue like they have been. And, and unfortunately, I think they will continue to be like that. Then I don't think it'll be long till we see Zinchenko, you know, taking over that starting spot. And, you know, once he has taken it over, I think it'll be hard for Kieran Tierney to win it back. We've got a comment here on the screen um, by Snake Eyes. The best ability is availability. And I tend to agree. I think in the past few seasons, Arsenal have always struggled in terms of injury problems. We've got to the latter stages of the season um, in the important games, in the important moments. Compared to like last season, we, we were fighting for the Champions League. But then the injuries piled up and we didn't have the squad depth, the right amount of players to come in and solve those problems. But I think Mikel Arteta has seen that and he's been ruthless. And I think I think that's a, that's a good trait because if you want to be the better teams, if you want to be the teams who are challenging, the likes of Manchester City, Liverpool, 
you need to be ruthless. And while I think KT is a fantastic player, is a fantastic person in the dressing room, at times you can't rely on him. And as Alfie touched on, when you have Granit Xhaka moving to left back, when you have an inexperienced player like Nuno Tavares coming in and you're putting all that pressure on him, you're going to struggle in the big games. And I think Mikel Arteta has seen that with the likes of Zinchenko now coming in, you've got that experience with Gabriel Jesus up front. Um, they're looking potentially for Yuri Tillemans, another Premier League proven player. So Arteta, I think the first team that they have, Arsenal last season, was good. But I think now they're building a squad. And I think that is key because I think for a squad game, you win trophies and you challenge. For a team, you'll have good games, good games in patches, but over 38 games over the course of the season, you're going to struggle. So um, I, I credit what Mikulata and Edu um, have done this summer and long may it continue. But um, enough about transfers, um, because yesterday, um, a trailer, obviously, as everyone will be aware, was released on Twitter, was released by Amazon's channels. The all or nothing full trailer was released. And there was a, there was a lot of interaction uh, around that trailer, Chris. What with potentially uh, the likes of Aubameyang, we're going to be seeing the captaincy, um, what happened with there, a, a little fight potentially between Cedric and Lacazette, uh, Mikel Arteta showing that energy, that attitude in the dressing room. Chris, when you saw that trailer, what was the first instant instant thing that you thought, wow, I'm looking forward to watching this? Well, I mean, all of it, I think. Um, and I, I, I did initially have that reaction, like Lacazette in, in the trailer. Wow. Um, yeah, a lot to take in. It looks tasty. Um, you know, you mentioned that it looked to be a little scrap between, appearing to be between Cedric and, and Lacazette in training. Um you know, we we see it on the touchline, but we we don't see what appears to to be in, in, included in in the documentary. Certainly, watching the trailer is, you know, another side to Mikel Arteta that we're not familiar with, and that is, you know, all of that emotion. We see see it to a certain extent, like I say, on the touchline, but not not too deeply. And I think we're going to see it on a, another scale. Um, and I think. People may watch it, um, you know, judging that, you know, by the trailer and, and obviously I'm sure we'll obviously so much see so much more in, in the full, full thing, obviously. But I think people will, will appreciate, you know, just how much time, passion and energy Mikel Arteta gives to this football club on and off, you know, the pitch. And um, you, I think we're going to learn a lot more about him as a, as a person uh, as well. Um, yeah, the, the Aubameyang captaincy saga, you know, there was a little, obviously, teaser to do with that as well. Um, it will be interesting to see how he, he how Aubameyang took the decision, um, because we don't know too much about that. Um, well, obviously, maybe we'll see the staff discussing the matter um, privately away from the players. We'll be interested to see how and why they came to the, that, that decision to strip him of the captaincy. Um, and then you've got the, the players reaction as well. So um, yeah, a, a lot to take in. I think we'll learn lots of different things about certain players as well. Um, how they reacted to the good times and the bad, because there were so many ups and downs last season for, 
you know, at the end of the day for the youngest team in the, in the Premier League. And, um, you know, being the youngest team in the Premier League and, and representing, you know, a club the size of Arsenal, it brings huge, huge pressure. And um, I'm sure, you know, they learn a lot from it. Um, and there's there's good days, there's bad days. So, you know, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what life is like away from the pitch as an Arsenal player. Um, so, so much, Umar, you know, so much I could sit here and say, I'm looking forward to that, looking forward to this. Um, and there was obviously so much to take in from that 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 trailer. But um, of course, you know, 3rd of August, I think that the first uh, episodes drop, um, not long to wait now. So really looking forward to it. I'll have the popcorn at the ready. Um, I'm not too sure, you know, if I'm, I'm, I'm ready just yet to, you know, watch it all end in disappointment because we all know that, unfortunately. But um, there's been so much said over the last few years about the, you know, the lack of transparency with the club, the communication with the fans and, you know, it being quite a closed door. But, you know, I think the club taking this step and, and, and filming this documentary, it will open a lot of eyes. Um, it will uh, teach us a few things, hopefully, too, I'm hoping. And, um, yeah, really looking forward to it. I'm sure no matter what, you know, is seen and what is has been filmed and and uh, what we learn, it'll just reiterate the size of, of and importance of Arsenal Football Club. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure it'll be good. Yeah, I've got this comment on screen by Steve Stone. Um, I know a lot of people will be looking forward to Aubameyang, including myself. But as Steve said, I'm quite interested into Granit Xhaka's little speech. Just blame me, I think he said. And I know what with social media companies, accounts, uh, football clubs, they tend to edit clips as well. It was similar to the Aubameyang captaincy when Arteta announced that they would be taking the captain's armband off him. And then they went to Lacazette and he said, wow, that's probably Lacazette speaking about something else. Well, he watched on Love Island or something like that. I'm not sure. But um, Shaka, I like that comment. Just blame me. I know it's probably tongue in cheek, but we spoke off air, Alfie, and I know you think when this show comes out, a lot more people will be respecting Granite Shaka more, will be appreciating it more. Do you think a lot of people will be, after the show concludes, thinking, yeah, we gave Granite Shaka a little hard of a time. He's not that bad. Yeah, for, for definite. I mean, I know we, we both said that, that we're, we're big fans of, of Granite Shaka. Obviously, the first couple of seasons, um, you know, the, the mistakes uh, that, that, you know, he made and I think some in some games he obviously was made out to be a scapegoat and I think now he still is made out to be a scapegoat and I think that sort of this season has just proved that he's always had the qualities but we just haven't been playing him to the best of his abilities I think when you get him away from having to deal with you know I, I remember the Burnley game when you know I think it was was it Ashley Barnes pressed him and, and they scored from it we need to get him away from those areas which we have this season and we've seen sort of, um, you know, we've seen the better side of Granite Xhaka, the the Granite Xhaka that you see more often for Switzerland and the Granite Xhaka that I think we'll start seeing more of for Arsenal and the Granite Xhaka that I think still has a massive role at this football club. I think that people don't see sort of the leadership qualities. Well, I think they do, but sort of how important he is behind the scenes and, you know, obviously his little stint as captain and, you know, the disrespect throwing the captain's armband. Um, you know, I did have, I did sympathise with him. If people 
you know, uh, uh, sending your death threats and sort of to your family. Um, you're obviously going to get to a boiling point where, you know, it, it happens. And, you know, he's only human. You know, these footballers aren't robots. They have emotions. And, you know, I was gutted because I think, for me, in the Arsenal team, we talk about Tierney and Odegaard. Uh, for me, Granit Xhaka is the biggest leader in, in the dressing room and is probably the best player to become captain for me. But, you know, it's never going to happen now. It's happened once and it hasn't happened again. So I think for me, that's what I'm looking forward to most. As Steve said, I think that he's going to come across really well in the documentary. Um, I know you mentioned sort of the way that they edited that, putting the red card against Liverpool. I think that was sneaky, like you said. I think that's just sort of to build up engagement with, you know, other fans. And 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 it has, it's, it's done what they intended it to do. I've seen Arsenal fans complaining about it on Twitter and, you know, it, it's just classic Arsenal fans going straight for Granit Xhaka. But no, I think that it, it's going to be great to sort of see behind the scenes. Like Chris said, we haven't sort of seen it um, in, in years gone by. We've started seeing these access all areas on the YouTube channel. They've been really interesting. Um, but this is just taking it to a whole new level. And you know, I'm just excited to see how the football club runs behind the scenes. And, and, and like you say, see the footballers from more of a human side and not sort of just the footballer aspect of their lives. No, I tend to agree. Personally, what I'm looking forward to is the fight, to be honest, between Cedric and Lacazette. I just, I'm intrigued to know what kicked that off, who came in between the players. I know Lena was there, but it'll be interesting. But I like that. I like that fight. I like that the players care because they wouldn't be fine if they didn't care. They would just be thinking, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a football game. We've lost a couple of matches. It's not a big deal, but the fact that they've shown that they, they, there is effort and there's determination within the team. Um, just got a question here from Peter to touch on who will become captain. Um, it's more than likely. Um, I know Mikel Arteta has spoken in the past few days um, regarding this, but all signs lead to a Martin Odegaard. It's not definitive, but um, it seems that Martin Odegaard more than likely will become um, the next Arsenal captain. Um, and I think... Mikel Arteta has spoken highly of him as well um, since he's been here, how, how Martin Odegaard leads from the front, how he's a great player um, in and around the dressing room. So I wouldn't mind that in terms of him being the next captain of Arsenal Football Club. But enough about TV shows, enough about captaincy. we got a game tonight um, against Orlando City out in Florida. Um, it's half 12 kickoff, um, I tend to believe, UK time. Um it's going to be sweltering conditions there. Um, we, we're complaining about how, how hot it is being in the UK, but the Arsenal players have been working out in um, Florida and the heat there has been quite quite drastic as well. But in terms of the game itself, Chris, um, obviously we played Chelsea on Sunday. We've, we played the Premier League um, team um, with Everton a few days ago. But do you think this game against Orlando City will see, say, the likes of Lucas Torreira, Reese Nelson... Because Orlando City, no disrespect to them, they're not a Premier League team. So we won't see a lot in terms of who will be playing in terms of the first game against Crystal Palace. So I think, I, I believe like the likes of Reese Nelson, Nicolas Pepe, do you think there's a more opportunity for these kinds of players to play today? Yeah, I think so. I, I agree with you. I think there'll be a, a bit more of sort of rotation tonight, uh, maybe similarly to... What we saw against FC Nuremberg um, a couple of weeks back, um, and yeah, I expect maybe some of the the younger players, maybe some players in there that obviously we know, 
know, looking to to move on this summer uh, as well. And um, yeah, it'll, it'll it'll be interesting to see what Arteta goes. So I think he'll obviously have one eye on on the Chelsea game coming up, and we'll probably see a lot more first team, regular first team players who, as you say, will probably start against Palace for the first game of the season in that one. Um, but at the same time, it's important to you know keep the the momentum up, the tempo up. Um, you need to obviously always balance things out and, and keep players happy. Um, even if it is pre-season, you need to, to be giving everyone an opportunity, everyone some playing time um, in the hope that someone might surprise you and, and uh, you know, give you something a little bit different. But, but yeah, um, expect some rotation tonight. Um, it was quite a physical game, wasn't it, against Everton the other day. And I was, there was some heart and mouth moments when, when some of the players went down, Martinelli, Gabriel Jesus, um, most noticeably, obviously, Sambi Lekonga towards the end. Um, so hopefully it's uh, it's less physical tonight, um, less dangerous for those those players. Um, but, you know, we're, we're in good form, aren't we? You know, we've, we haven't lost a game yet. Um, players are looking sharp. I, I, you've certainly noticed... Oh, sorry about that, as a fly on me. Um, you've certainly noticed... Uh, the sort of the, the drop in in tempo um, and fluidity when the team has been changed uh, about a little bit. Um, obviously, we saw it in the second half against Everton. I think first half we were all over them, and uh, yeah, that was when a lot of you know um, regular first team players started the match. It was quite a strong lineup, um, but then Arteta rung the changes at, at half time, and and you could notice a difference, a bit of a dip in the, in the second half. So um, maybe. Just as a guess, and it's just my personal opinion, um, maybe we'll see a lot more of the players that featured in the second half against Everton start tonight, and then we'll see some more sort of rotation, more substitutions at halftime in the second half. As you say, no disrespect to Orlando, but you know, going from from Everton to Orlando, you know, it, the the task should be um, sort of less demanding. Um, and uh, we we should easily you know get the get the win. So um, yeah, no, still looking forward to it. Regardless, um, you know I've um, been a bit of a sucker for paying the money and, and watching the the game staying up. But um, oh, it's what preseason is all about. You can't get me away from from watching Arsenal and seeing obviously some of the new players involved as well. Um, it gets you ready and 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 pumped for the the new season. So. Looking forward to it, and hopefully, like I said, we can continue our, our winning our winning streak at the minute. Alfie, um, obviously, we've seen Fabio Vieira um, in training pictures yesterday. It's unlikely that he'll be playing um, any part probably today. Probably be a bit too soon for him. But um, how big of um, a positive is that for Arsenal? Because since he's come to Arsenal, um, he's he's gone to the back burner. I think in terms of we just keep making signings and signings, which is good. But I think a lot of people are not speaking that much about him because I think there's a player in there personally. And I think um, I'm excited to see him um, play for Arsenal. Potentially, he could play against Chelsea, whether it's 20 minutes, 15 minutes off the bench. But how 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 much are you looking forward to seeing Fabio Vieira in an Arsenal shirt? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it because uh, I'll be honest, I've not seen any of him live before. Um 
you know, we signed him. Uh, I've, I think I watched the, the Liverpool game, but I don't really recall seeing him play. So I've only seen sort of clips of him from YouTube. Um, but from what I've seen of him, sort of the compilation videos, he, he looks really impressive and, and looks like a player that will sort of improve our creativity, which, of course, um, is one of the main things I think Arteta was looking to, to add in this summer window. So um, I, I really hope that he gets you know, even if it's 10, 20 minutes at the end of the Chelsea game, because I think for, from what we've seen, you know, back in training, you'd imagine that he, he, he might push through and, and be fit enough to play a little part, you know, in, in that game. Um, but, but yeah, just, just excited to see him. Because like you say, um, a lot of fans sort of forgetting that we've signed him, me included, you, you know, you look at the hype around uh, hey, Jesus, Zinchenko, um, it's sort of almost like, Again, because he's not been pictured in, in, in training, it's like, oh, you, you sort of forget we've signed him. So it's almost like um, it's, you know, a, a fresh signing. So, yeah, just just excited to see him get going. And, and for me, someone to to push Odegaard, because I know someone mentioned sometimes Odegaard um, looked like he went quiet in games. Um, I, I do think sometimes he looked, he looked tired and looked like, you know, we didn't have anyone else to sort of replace him. So someone like Vieira, I think, you know, I think Tom said he he can play close to the strikers, and you know, with that front three, Martinelli, uh, Saka, and, and Jesus, I'd imagine would probably be the the starting three for now. Um, you know, I, I think he'll it, be he'll be looking forward to be licking his lips because you know that front three is just I can't wait to see it. You know, get underway, and I'm sure Odegaard and Vieira will be. You know, they can't wait to to get started and play behind them. Um, yeah, I tend to agree. I think. That that attacking um, front front three or four, it just gets me excited. And I think the fact that Arsenal have a lot of options um, for the upcoming season, I think there's going to be excitement and there's going to be a lot of goals. And I'm looking forward to that. Um, we just have time to touch on a few of your guys' questions. Um, Echo, Chris, um, I think this was in regards to Martin Odegaard being potentially being chosen as the next Arsenal captain. Echo, I said, it's unfortunate Arteta has settled on Odegaard, a number 10 who rarely scores, doesn't create much, and when in position to shoot and score, he freezes. He's often bullied and hides in all big games. Thoughts? Uh, I'd say that's uh, a bit too harsh. I certainly don't agree with the the creativity bit as well. Um, that's what he's he's done best for us, creating opportunities, um, picking out passes that you can't see from from the, the, the sidelines or from the stands. Um, you know, he's so technically gifted and on the ball, um, very, very silky and skillful. So, I, I mean, I, I agree with part of it and that's the, the, the scoring side. I think he can certainly add more goals to his game and uh, maybe at, at times, you know, uh, doing a bit of a, a Meza Ozil, getting in some, some good shooting positions, but not pulling the trigger. Rather, you know, instead laying it off to, to one of his teammates or attempting to pick out another pass. I do agree that is one side of his game that he can and, and, and must improve on. But I'm sure he will because he can score goals. We have seen it before and some really nice finishes from him in the past. Um and I don't necessarily think he freezes in big games at all. I think, especially, you know, when you look at the the attacking quality that we've added and may even still add this summer. He, Alfie mentioned Jesus, Fabio Vieira, you've got Saka and Martinelli alongside him. You know, we could even still put Yuri Tielemans in behind him in central midfield. Who, who knows? You know, we, we've got so much attacking quality there now. Um, some very technically... 
um, gifted players that are very progressive in, in their style of play. And I think Martin Odegaard will only continue to improve, continue to grow as a player because, you know, it's, it's easy to forget that he's still quite young. Um, and, you know, he's only now going into his his second proper season, really, with Arsenal after making that permanent switch. So I've, I've got no no concerns about Martin Odegaard as well. I think he's a top, top player. I think he's one of the best creative players in the league and um, one of the most talented sort of attacking players in, in, in the world. And I certainly think he's got potential to grow even further and become even stronger. So no concerns about that for me. No, I tend to agree with that. Um, Alfie, Lynn Simpson, she's got a question here. Some other fans are not happy with our signings. Um, don't know who that is. But um, but for me, if we get Lucas Paqueta from Leon and two other players, we have had an exit window. I tend to agree. How do you feel? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, the signings that we've made so far um, have all added uh, quality, depth, um, and we'll push players for starting spots, if not, take them. Obviously, I think the main one, Gabriel Jesus, um, we needed to replace Lacazette and Aubameyang, really. And I think just from the small clips we've seen of him in pre-season, um, I mean, that sort of half against Nuremberg, I thought he was fantastic. Uh, just uh, how excited we got seeing him control a football and, and score against um, against Everton the other day. Uh, I think we just sort of forgot what we'd, what we'd been missing with uh, with no disrespect to Lacazette, I thought he was fantastic, you know, in previous seasons. But uh, this season, obviously, it's been uh, tough to watch him play up front at times. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that, that the signings that we've made so far have been fantastic. Um, and I've got no complaints myself. I think that, you know, the two players, you know, I'd add, I'd probably add, you know, a wide forward. I know we've been going on about this. Uh, mystery winger that Fabrizio Romano is yet to reveal. Um, excited to see who that is. Uh, I've seen links to to Sane. Um, I don't believe him, to, to be quite honest, but I do think if we signed him, then, I, I mean, that would be, if we signed Sane and Tielemans, I, I would, I wouldn't even want to think where we'd finish next season because that front three, I think he'd go straight in at, at left winger. And, you know, I mentioned Vieira and Odegaard licking the lips at that. Add Sane to the mix, and you know that is just some from free. Um, but no, I mean no complaints for me. I think just like you say, um, I think a winger and a central midfielder, and you know I'd argue it's a, a nine out of ten window um, pushing perfect. Alfie, man, you got me dreaming. Leroy Sane to <laughs> Arsenal, imagine. <laughs> But um, yeah, that's the end of the show, guys. Um, sorry if we couldn't get to all your questions. Um, I think yeah, it's just too hot. And but we're excited for tonight's game. Um, but yeah, um, I want to thank my guests, Chris. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Alfie, pleasure as always. And of course, thank you to everyone tuning in and enjoy the game tonight, this morning, wherever you're watching it from. And hopefully, we can uh, we can carry on our, our winning form and get another victory. Um, Alfie, likewise, thank you for jumping on. No, thank you both for having me on and thank you to everyone who listened in. And to the American fans, enjoy having a game where you can watch it at a normal time. Um, I know I can't wait till it returns to sort of three, three o'clock kickoffs, but, but now enjoy the game, everyone. No, no, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, with, with the channel right now, if you want to watch our interviews, we've got Emil Smith-Rowe, Gilberto Silva, Aaron Ramsdale, Mikel Arteta, Gabriel Jesus, all uploaded onto the channel um but yeah we'll be back again tomorrow same time at 10 a.m but um thank you for joining thank you for liking and uh, yeah keep following us down the arsenal wait oh,